Genesis 22, 1 through 14. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so here today, I'm Barrett, and uh, Jennifer McClish is reading. We're also joined by Will Carlisle. And, uh, you know, come to a passage in Genesis that is a very well-known passage mm-hmm. um, about Abraham and Isaac. And obviously, you know, we look at this passage, and it's kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus, and it's very easy to see that in the passage. And sometimes we 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 see that, and that's like, kind of all we see, but I think there's some other stuff that we can glean from the passage in relation to, um, you know, in, in respect to a, a foreshadowing of Jesus. And so, Will, you had some interesting thoughts kind of on some some of the background leading up to this in terms of Abraham and his faith. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at the greater biblical picture, especially when you get into sort of like Hebrews and that realm, Abraham is really associated by the New Testament authors and just in the whole picture of the Bible with faith, you know, and and like, he's kind of the, the literal prototype of a life of faith in God. And there's like the famous passage, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And that was, you know, when he was called, but we see in Abraham's life, a lot of like pretty grave missteps. You know, he, he gives away his wife twice. Right. Um, in, in an act of, yeah, yeah. And Hagar, <laughs> right, right. like in an act of self-preservation. And this is a huge moment. And really with all the patriarchs, so like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, there are, they're pretty like scummy characters a lot of the times, yeah. but they each kind of have this 
turning moment. You know, Jacobs is like famously when he wrestles with God and, and then yep. goes to meet Esau, and, and that's where he's renamed Israel, mm-hmm. which is obviously a huge moment of the Bible. And what's what's really profound here is this is kind of the biggest step we see of Abraham in, in you know, really turning into like a life of, of full um, sacrificial faith. And, and I'd also say that the exercise of faith is not necessarily when he goes to like offer his son, but I think it's really in verse eight when um, he tells Isaac, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And so even as they like approach this, Abraham knows that this cannot be how the story ends because he's filled with faith in God's promise. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. I, I, I think we've got to have some of that context leading up to it to appreciate the faith that Abraham has in this moment. Uh, so that's great. Jennifer, What? any thoughts? Yeah, just like when it starts out, it says God is testing um, Abraham. And I think just the realization that in this life of faith, God will um, God will test our faith. Um, we were talking earlier, he'll, he'll never ask you to uh, sacrifice your own son because that's been done on the cross by Jesus. So I think we can take that off the table. We're always worried, like, what does this mean? Like, what is God going to ask me to do? But um, it's still equally, equally as... Um, weighty of what God will um, ask of us, because as we see in Abraham, the testing results in him, um, him seeing and us seeing that God is everything to him. There is nothing that um, has come ahead of God in Abraham's heart. He is completely um, loving and worshiping God and willing to do um, whatever, whatever he asks of him. And I just think that's, that is not something that happens overnight. Like we've seen this happen over the course of years with Abraham walking with God. And like, even in obedience, like God asking, God asking Abraham to do increasingly difficult things mm-hmm. um, and waiting so long to even fulfill the promise of giving him a son, you know, making, making him wait 13 mm-hmm. years. I mean, there's just so many things along the way we've, we've seen. And yet Abraham has learned. And then we, realize this is another big truth in our faith that we learn obedience. Hmm. I mean, even Jesus learned obedience. Right. Um, the new Testament tells us so. So this is interesting. And I kind of want to bring like these two things together. And I, I think you're already doing that, but so Will was talking about how, you know, Abraham has kind of like failed on a number of instances, uh, pretty, pretty drastic failures mm-hmm. and did not have faith in God. He's looking at self-preservation rather than faith in God, obedience to God. And it leads us up to this moment. And, um, you know, and in verse one of chapter 22 that we just read, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham, which mm-hmm. is what you were pointing out, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. That God tested Abraham. And then if you look over at uh, towards the end of what we read, um, it says in verse 12, he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he passed the test. Right. Um, you know, and and I mean, it's a good point that you made. God is not going to ask. He's not going to test us in the by asking us to sacrifice our son. I'm not worried about God 
asking me to sacrifice my son Eli or my son Logan. Mm-hmm. I don't think God's going to do that. And I think we can point to the cross because of that. Right. God has already sacrificed his son. And so he's not going to ask us to sacrifice our son. However, this idea of your faith being tested is, is very much a New Testament idea as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just pull out one verse from James, uh, James 1 and verse 2. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of your faith being tested, it was for Abraham. Abraham's faith was tested, but also all of our faith is, go- is going to be tested. I think sometimes in our very comfortable Western culture and society, we don't like the idea of our faith being tested. Mm-hmm. We kind of want to have like our own our own thing, and it almost feels like kind of devious of God to like test our faith or something. Yeah. It's like God, I'm like following you. Like, why don't you just give me all the stuff, and we'll mm-hmm. live a great life, and it'll be comfortable and happy and and all that. But but it's very much a New Testament content that our right. faith will be tested. Right. Yeah, and it's where this passage is really helpful for me. Kind of why I made the distinction about verse eight is I've heard a lot of skeptical, you know, or, or a lot of skeptics will kind of like approach this passage, saying like, "Oh, what, how like wicked and egotistical of God! Like he just like so I to follow God, I have to." love him so much that I would kill my own kids for him. Mm. And what's happening here is so much more connected to everything that's led up to this, where God, this is about the promises of God. And he's Mm -hmm. promised to Abraham time and time again, like this is the child through whom I'm going to renew the whole earth and all nations. And so, you know, Abraham is clearly in this passage confident that this is not, going right. to end with the death of his son. And I think, yeah, on, on, in addition, his faith also includes this very real understanding that of who he is, that mm. he is a sinner. We've yeah. seen him say it before, you know, I am but dust and ashes when he's um, um, pleading on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he does that interplay with God where he understands that righteousness can be imputed to others. Mm-hmm. And yet he stops short of saying the one righteous man. It's like, you know, we talked about, could this be because he's like, oh, wait, but who would we get? Like, who is truly righteous before mm-hmm. a holy God? It's like here we see that Abraham, you know, God is well within his rights to ask us to give to um, to give our life. I mean, that's the whole point. We deserve the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And there's also this idea that there could be a substitutionary death, you know, in your own son so again, God well within his rights to demand that the wages, you know, the wages of sin is death. Abraham realizes that. And yet he also knows this incredible mercy of God and this character of God and this promise of God, and he can trust him. So the faith is not just that, Oh God would never ask that of me. It's like, no, the faith, I know this is what I owe. God Mm. is a life death of receiving his judgment. And yet he will provide a way. I mean, it's like, that's right. The, yeah. the depth of Abraham's knowledge and love, what that has produced in him, this incredible love mm. and willingness to yeah, follow him wherever he takes him. That's great. That's great. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh, for Jim Rukulish and Will Carlisle, Barrett Fisher, thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.